Yeah. No, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, whatever. You want to sit? Over there, okay. You're over here? Hi, good evening. Oh, hi, Sarah. Hi. Oh, I see. Hi. Hello. Hi, hey, everybody. Oh, look at this. What? Soon you'll give out the one. So, I want to welcome everybody into my home. This is very special because it is Rosh Chodesh. Tonight will be Rosh Chodesh Liar for Wednesday and Thursday. And I really feel that, you know, Rosh Chodesh is a woman's holiday. And we need to be pampered. And we need to feel like queens. And we need to feel very special. And this is also, I want to start, it's called Torah and Tea. We'll learn Torah, we'll drink tea. And this was really organized in the memory of this young woman named Rashi Minkowitz, who he said had passed away. She left eight young children, and all Chabad women all over are really on a, a drive to teach more Torah, get women together, and start what she had started. Tuesday nights, she used to have toilet tea in her house. She actually had it in her house the night that she actually passed away, and her daughters took over and made the hamantashim with the people. So this positive energy, we'll talk about it later, this positive energy that this woman had and began, if we continue, then we continue her life and we continue her legacy. So it honors me to introduce Rabbi Volosov. He's going to give tonight's share on the Kabbalah of the Svirot. And everybody is going to welcome him, and we're going to start. Okay, just, I see someone coming, so I just want to get to the So good evening. Um, how, could I, uh, how could I say no to Sarah? She works so hard. Uh, and uh, she tries, um, and... Um, but I only thing I uh, asked her is, did you have to pick such a difficult topic, uh, the Kabbalah, and uh, you know, it's it's very difficult for the uh, short while that we'll spend together here to really cover a lot. Uh, it's just a topic which, hopefully, as Sarah mentioned, maybe we can continue later on, because each each of these concepts are are difficult and they're uh, new. And they're a little different than, I guess, that we're used to. So uh, everybody's fascinated, everybody's excited. You hear Kabbalah, oh, let's see, what is this Kabbalah? You know, we've heard all about it, and, you know, some of the celebrities are doing Kabbalah, and, you know, it just becomes like a fad which people are running after. But uh, we talked about healing, and, you know, of course, the connection to uh, now is Rosh Chodesh, and it's Rosh Chodesh Iyar. The Hebrew letters um, can uh, also stand, each letter can stand for a word. So the word E-R, spelled in Hebrew, Aleph Yud Yud Resh, is basically spells out Ani, which means me, I, God, Rofecha, I'm your healer. So it just seems like a very nice, you know, E-R, I'm God, your healer. But what is the connection? I mean, why now? Why are we saying God is the healer? What's, what, what are we talking about healing? And then we're going to see how does the Kabbalah get into this healing process. But I think uh, in order to just get some background on this, uh, I think we should discuss for a minute you know, the way it's written in the Torah. So as you know, we just celebrated the exodus of Egypt. So it so happens that in the Torah, the exodus of Egypt 
is in the it's in Shemos in Exodus. It's the Torah relates it in the sections of Vaera and Bo. Those are the names of the two Hebrew portions. And then in Beshalach, that's the next portion, it discusses about how the Jews crossed the sea. Uh, that God made the miracle, he split the sea for them. And then after they crossed the sea, the Jewish people sang to Hashem. They sang to Hashem. First it was the men, then it was the women. And this was all the Kriyas Yamsuf and the Shira. So what happens right after that? So, of course, we read that the uh, Egyptians, they came with all their jewelry and with all their uh, wealth. They took it along as they were running after the Jews. And when they eventually drowned in the sea and then they were spit up, there was a lot of treasures over there at the edge. And the Jewish people who were there were very busy. And they started collecting all the uh, jewelry and the gold and the silver and the various different uh, items. It said that the items that they collected over there was actually a lot more than what they got while they were back in Egypt. So, so now they're all collecting all this stuff. So, uh, and then it says right after that, Moshe Rabbeinu says, "No, we gotta move on." Vayasa Moshe, we gotta go on. Moshe moves them all; they move all ahead, and then eventually they come to the next stop, which is called Mara. Over there, the water is bitter. The Jews don't have water to drink. They're complaining. And Rashi points out, they weren't just asking for water, they were complaining. You know, there's different ways to ask for it. Now they're complaining. Now here comes an interesting verse, and that connects to what we're talking about now. Here comes the verse that states that Hashem says to them, basically, if you're going to listen, you're going to hearken to my voice, you're going to keep the mitzvahs, you're going to do what I tell you to do, you're going to accept it, you're going to follow it, and not only are you going to follow those mitzvahs you understand, that you can make sense out of them, even if those mitzvahs that are irrational, if you're going to do them, you're going to observe them, then God says something called All the sicknesses that I have placed on the Egyptians, because you've just gone out of Egypt, you've seen all the plagues, you've seen all the troubles. Shem tells them, all those sicknesses, that I placed on the Egyptians, Hashem says, I will not place it on you. And we learned later on, when God is rebuking the Jewish people, the Jewish people are very afraid. Because here already, they're going out of Egypt, and they're already, you know, testing God, and their confrontation is beginning, and now they're very worried about what's going to happen to us. Are we doomed like the Egyptians? And they were very worried, as the verse states in Devarim, that Ashiyogurta, they were afraid of those, because those wasn't just plagues, they weren't sicknesses, they were like very serious illness and illnesses, and they were very worried about it. Hashem says, I will not place it upon you. Seems fair, okay. But then God adds one more sentence, three more words. It says, because why won't I place it on you? Because Ani Hashem Because I'm God, are your healer. Now wait a minute. We know that usually 
we go to a doctor, we go to a healer, if we're sick, if there's something wrong with us, then we're going to go to the doctor. So if God tells us, I'm not going to place it upon you, so what's the purpose to say that God is your doctor? You don't need a doctor. You're not going to be sick. So why say that God is your healer when he's not going to place it on you? That's a, a question that Rashi on the Chumash is bothered by. Rashi has the problem. He says, why do we need a healer if God doesn't put the sicknesses on you in the first place? And Rashi says two interpretations. First of all, Rashi says, well, you know what? Ordinarily, I'm not going to place it on you. Because Hashem makes a condition. The condition is what? If you're going to listen to God, then you're going to follow the instructions and everything. You're going to do what's supposed to. I'm going to protect you. But what happens if we made a mistake and we didn't listen? So sometimes it, you will get sick. God says to you, I'm not going to place it on you. But if it so happens that it does come to you, I'm going to heal you as well. And it'll be as if I hadn't placed it. Because sometimes you uh, are healed to such an extent, even though if there is a problem, there is a mishap, but Hashem will make it good later on, and you will be healed. That's one interpretation Rashi says. And then Rashi gives another interpretation. Rashi's other interpretation is, he says the simple meaning, there is... A doctor that heals, but there's also a doctor that gives you instructions how to live your life. He tells you, don't eat certain foods, don't do certain activities, do things in the right way, exercise, live a life which promotes good health. So he doesn't have to be a doctor to treat an, Ill an illness, but rather he's a doctor who knows and advises you what to do so that you won't get sick in the first place. So Rashi says what Hashem is saying to you here, I'm your doctor, not that is going to heal you, but I'm your doctor that is telling you what you should do. And if you do what I tell you to do, then you are going to be protected and then you'll be okay. And, you know, we need actually both things in essence because if we try to apply this practically. I mean, one can say, well, God should protect us, that we shouldn't get sick, that we should have no problems. That's the best, that would be the best interp interpretation to begin with. But unfortunately, sometimes we are uh, in need of a healing. So then we do the second interpretation. If we get sick, God heals us so that it's as if it didn't happen because he takes fully care of us and cures us, which means that we always have a chance to, um, to get better. Now, of course, here we're talking on the very simple level of you know, illnesses that took place in Egypt. But uh, on the simple level, we're talking about just staying healthy on a physical level. But of course, as Maimonides writes in his literature, he says that just as there is physical ailments, ailments and there is sickness, there is also spiritual, emotionally. We know that uh, if a person is not well emotionally, 
that is could be as serious, or sometimes even more serious, than even a physical uh, sense. When a person doesn't feel well, or a person feels down, a person feels uh, sad, or a person just isn't right, then that can lead to physical ailments, could lead to mental, emotional, can lead to a lot of different problems. And just as we don't want to be sick physically, we also don't want to be sick emotionally. But there is that spiritual counterpart. Here, emotionally, we're also talking about as emotion as it relates to the physical. Because a human being is made up of a soul, of a body, and there's two parts, and it's sort of interconnected. But yet, as Jews, we also have a third uh, aspect that we need to worry about. We need to worry that we should be spiritually healthy. So spiritually healthy means that we should be connected on a spiritual way. And that we shouldn't get sick spiritually means that we should stay connected to, to Hashem, to God. We should do what we're supposed to be doing, so we should be healthy. And, you know, sometimes we find that this could be a challenge for us. So God says to us, basically, and the Talmud, the Gemara, and Bracha says that even kids know this. That's obvious. He says, if you study Torah, you do what Hashem wants, then God sort of will protect you, not only in the simple, from the physical and the emotional, but also spiritually. Uh, you work hard at trying to be a good Jew, and then God will help you that you won't be sick. Now, something very interesting um, most sicknesses, the way we, uh, way we find them, is that you know, there's a certain part of the body or generally that needs, uh, needs some fixing, needs some corrections. One doesn't see so well, he doesn't hear so well, his head is hurting, his stomach is hurting, the leg, the hand, the different, various different parts of the body. So the normal way of healing works is that if you have a part of yourself which is weak, then you try to give a boost to that part. Sometimes you give a boost to the entire, uh, the entire body so that the energy that you give to the whole body later on expands into all individual organs, all individual places so that the person becomes a healthier person. But generally the way we understand the general sickness is that there's something that is missing, there's something not, not in order the way it's supposed to be, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to fix it, we're trying to give it more energy, we'll take more vitamins, we'll take uh, supplements, we'll take things, we'll food, we'll eat properly, we'll do things to make us stronger and better. That's the usual way. But unfortunately, and there is a very serious illness that we don't even want to mention its name, which unfortunately in the more recent years has become more prevalent in which the ailment does not consist of something lacking, but actually the ailment consists that there is addition, there is a piece that is added that's not supposed to be there. If there is an additional part of flesh or something in your body which is not supposed to be there. And people are even careful, I'm not sure in the medical world, but 
in the circles that we are, we don't even want to mention the name of that illness because it's such a scary and it's such a uh, serious illness that we don't even want to mention what it is by name, but we all know what it is. And that is, but that ailment is different than everything else. Because, like I said, in this case, there is something addition to your body. Now, how do we heal that? We don't heal that by adding. We heal that by destroying. You know, that's why we have radiation. We have various different, we're still finding out different methods of trying, in this case, to destroy. To destroy that extra. And sometimes it causes a lot of damage to the good parts of the body as well. But we have no choice. We're trying to get rid of that extra and that is what we do is in order to try to heal the person because that part sort of takes over the person, takes over the healthy part, takes over who the person is, and that part wants to dominate and spread itself out over the entire person and robs the person of his true self, of his true life, of his true body, and tries to add something from the outside. And the only way to deal with that is by fighting it and trying to eliminate it. And of course, not to add to, uh, to it because that would be a destruction. Now, this is fairly new. Some of the new, I'm talking about new, but it's quite years and we're still developing various different kinds of of medicines and ways to combat this this very uh, serious illness. Now, of course, Hashem makes it such that as new illnesses unfortunately come about, Hashem also provides for some new ideas and new science and new technological advances in order for us to be able to combat those new serious illnesses. And one can say that even if medicine didn't know about this 50 years ago or 100 years ago, you're not going to say, well, this is some new things, we're not going to use that. But you know what? They didn't have those sicknesses. It wasn't that severe. Now that we have it, we've got to deal with it. So, it's, so that means that there are certain illnesses that are come in certain times. And when the time comes, that's what we've got to deal with. That's a sickness that we've got to deal with at that time. Take this, and let's parallel this also to the spiritual side of things. Um, you know, there's the Torah, as we know, is, protects us, as we just said. If we study the Torah, we keep it, it protects us. But the Torah also has various different components. And there comes times in which sort of new ailment, new sicknesses develop. And if you look around today, if you look around today in the world, I think one can see that one of the biggest problems we have today is that everything in the world centers around the person, around themselves, which means if you take a look, just look, look what they call it. It's iPad, it's iPhone, it's i, 
everything is I, I, I. Everything is about you. It's about me, you know, and everything is, everything starts with I, and everything that we're looking for, it's, it's all about you. Now, that I and that self being the center of the universe and that everything else is created to serve that I is actually in paradox. It's in disagreement with, with the Torah view of life in which God is the center of the universe. God is everything and I'm just here to be of service to Hashem, to do what Hashem wants to be. Not that I do what I want, but rather serve God. Somebody once said that the word ego is an abbreviation of exit God out. So that means your own ego is saying, well, I'm here, but not God. So we, we have a true self in which we are really very good and very strong. And we have a good neshama, a good soul. We're good people. But sometimes we have that extra piece, spiritually, that has sort of sticking in, that I, that wants to rob us, really, just like that sickness is, wants to take over your body, it wants to take away, it wants to rob us of who we really are. And wants to take over and wants to be just that I, that ego. And it is taking away from us being able to submit to God, to uh, be humble before God, to be understanding of other people. If it's I, 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 then maybe there's not room for somebody else. Maybe because inevitably, if it's I, it's I versus you. And if you, you know, like they say, you know, when the person says, I love you. Well, he says, well, it's I love me, that you, because what you do for me. I'm saying, I love you, but I don't really love you. I love me. I'm saying, well, if you serve me, you give me what I like and what I do, I love you, because it's not for you. It's all about me, because at the end of the day, it's that extra, that I, which is the important part. And that doesn't allow for relationships, that doesn't allow for friendships, that doesn't, that is the cause of conflict, that is the cause of fragmentation. People are so entrenched in their eye, in themselves, that it's inevitable that they can't leave space for something else or somebody else, because if I allow for your space, you know, then you're taking away some of my space. If you get recognition as well, well, then I'm not alone. If your share in the... So then we're, we're, where am I? I'm supposed to be the one. It's interesting even that Talmud says something, a fascinating story about one of the kings of, of, of Israel who was a very... Uh, he did a lot of uh, terrible things and, uh, and God made him an offer. <laughs> Talmud says God made him an offer Yeravim um, uh, ben Nevot, he was a king, uh, and God made him an offer. He says, you know what, he, he was also a, a giant, he wasn't just a simple person, he was evil, but he was a very, he had a great soul, he was a king, and he, he, he went the bad way, but 
you know, somebody who's powerful can do a lot of bad because they, they are, they are in essential, they have powerful souls and they're powerful people. They can do either a lot of good or a lot of bad. And God made him an offer, it says in the Talmud. God said to him, look, you know what? It's going to be me, you, and the son of Yishai. That's King David. Because he was the king of the tribes. There was the kingdom in Israel was divided between the kings of Judah and the other twelve tribes. He says, you know what? God says it's going to be me, <coughs> you, and the, ki- and the son of Yishai, David. We're all going to walk together. God makes him an offer. What does he ask God? He says, who's going first? God says, Ben Yishai is going first. I'm out of it. <laughs> no deal. If he's first, then I'm out. That's it. I got to be it. If it's, it's either me or then there is no deal. And that is that additional, you know, a lot of times, you know, we get stuck in certain situations. We don't know how to get out of it. You know, they say this joke, uh, it's getting too serious over here. So, so this guy is driving this big truck and he's, um, he's going down and all of a sudden, uh-oh, he sees there's a sign which states there's a low bridge and um, 12 feet clearance and his truck is 14 feet. Too late to stop. <laughs> he goes, he's stuck, gets under the bridge can't go back, can't go forward, can't go nothing. And he's looking in his mirror and he sees slowly but surely the traffic is piling up and it's already several miles backed up. And then the state trooper, you know, eventually makes his way there and he pulls over, he puts his hands on his hips. Oh, Sonny, he says, looks like you're stuck over here. He says, stuck? Here you go. He says, no, you got it all wrong, he says. He says, I was actually delivering, he says, a bridge, and I ran out of gas, he said. <laughs> so the question is, when we get stuck, you know, we get stuck. I mean, sometimes we know what it should be, we know how it should be, we understand, but... How do we deal? How do we deal? How do we get out of where we're stuck from? And that's how it actually, God gives us various different tools to deal with the situations that you're in. I tell my kids, I says, you must have great, huge souls. I says, a lot bigger than we had. He says, why is that? I said, because the things and the challenges you have to deal with today are just so enormously greater and bigger than what we had to deal with when we were kids. And since God doesn't give you a challenge, if he doesn't give you the opportunity to overcome the challenge, it must be, it must have that, uh, that ability to, uh, it must be that you have that ability to, to go ahead and, uh, and do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the U-phone, yeah. Um, so we, it must be that you have that, that ability. But we have to say, um, if God is our creator, and he's our creator, he knows us best. And it wouldn't be reasonable for a 
someone creating a machine and then expecting the machine to produce more than they put into the machine's ability to do. I mean, because it wouldn't be more, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be more than the uh, person can do. So if Hashem gives us challenges, we have to say that Hashem also provides for us and gives us the ability to overcome those challenges. So, herein comes in the teaching of the Kabbalah and the Hasidus. Uh, some ask, you know, why do we have to know what the Kabbalah says? And uh, besides the excitement and the, uh, just the, the, what do we need to know? Why do we need to study this? How is this going to help us? What is it? Huh? Six, 720. 720. Yeah, that means, what time is that? That means we got to go shortly. 7.10 already? Okay. Um, I'm just going to say this final word over here. And like I said, we have a handout over here. And I know that some of you may want to know about the Kabbalah. We can make that a continuous. Uh, it's, it's, it's very hard to cover Kabbalah in a 20, half an hour class, 20 minutes. It's, it's, it's impossible. But I just wanted to say that the Kabbalah, the Hasidus, those teachings, those are the new kinds of medicine that deal with that extras that we're talking about, that unhealthy extra, that I, that ego, that part, which is something that we got to do away with. It's not something that we want to perpetuate. It's that part of you, unlike other things that you want to strengthen, that is that you want to sort of soften, you want to try to combat it. The teaching of that is because when you study and you see how everything in the world comes and is directly related to Hashem, to the spiritual worlds, to the Sfirot, to the... Uh, when we do things over here in this world, even though it comes across as uh, very physical and very simple acts, but this is all disguised and in the background, behind, behind the curtain, behind the veil, there is just fascinating, fascinating things. That brings the healing, and that's why we uh, do during the Sefirah times, we do all this Sefirot and the perfection of our emotion. This is all to deal with our own self, with our own ego, to be able to uh, accept more God, and to accept more other people, to accept more the yoke, to do what we have to do. And that is basically the key that will allow us to later on experience a true giving of the Torah. All the sicknesses that the Jews had in Egypt, because the Jews themselves were on a low level. God will not place them in us. We will be spared and we will be healthy and we will be strong to receive the Torah and all the blessing that Hashem says. So I hope we got something a little bit about it and we shall continue. I just mentioned you're going to continue, she has a handout, and she will do that. Here, can I have the phone, please? Thank you.